Tigers, bring it in. Let's go. Let's go, guys. All right, Tigers. Let's get ready to play, huh? I don't want to see any laziness there, okay? We win this, we're in the finals. We get a big lead, we got to pummel these guys. We got to pummel them at all costs. Dominate and hammer them. I want you to play dirty if you have to, but don't get caught. Young son, stay low, okay? That's easy for you. Just chop block them in the back of the knee. That'll work well. Ambrose, you're big. Don't be afraid to throw the elbow. If you break someone's collarbone, that's a good thing. That's what the medic's for. Otherwise, he's just sitting around, all right? You hear me? Hey, Phil, I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. You can't talk about hurting other players. You don't think? You don't, you don't think? But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You're like your old man. I'm not like my old man. If I weren't for these kids, I would whip your butt. I can take a punch. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. I'll see you, Mr. Big Time Coach. Bye-bye. I'm not like my old man. I'm a kind and gentle, compassionate human being with a heart as big as a lion. We'll see you later, juice box. Everyone wave goodbye to juice box. Literally wave. Do it! Here's two! Oh my goodness. That clip is so funny because many of us have met coaches like that. People like that. In fact, some of us have even been people like that. Uh, to be completely transparent, I had one of those moments where I was an idiot like that. Uh, my daughter was a pitcher for the Herkimer softball team. And I remember uh, one day, they were playing this team that wasn't very good, and they should have easily destroyed. And so I remember sitting up on the hill there watching the game with my wife. And in the first inning, you could just tell that Sarah wasn't really kind of like into the game. And she walked a couple girls, and a couple girls got a hit off of her, and she just wasn't pitching her best. And so I went down after that inning, and I pulled her aside, and I ripped into her. I said, listen, get your head in the game. Are you kidding me? These girls stink. You are much better. You should be dominating out there. What are you doing? Get it together. This is embarrassing. I want you to go out there and destroy them. Do you understand me? She's like, yes. So the rest of the game, guess what? She destroyed them. The, they never, the bat never touched the ball the rest of the game. So what lesson did my wonderful daughter learn? That you must destroy the opposition by getting your head in the game or that your dad is a nut job? Well, she already knew her dad was a nut job, so I just reaffirmed that, right? Now, I could have reacted completely differently. I should have reacted completely differently. I could have gone down there and said, I could have not gone down there at all. Or I could have gone down there and said, honey, are you okay? Everything all right? Don't worry about that last thing. Just shake it off and, you know, just go have fun. And I love you no matter what happens. Now, maybe she wouldn't have pitched good, but guess what? Who cares? She would have known that her dad loved her unconditionally. And that's 
more important. Now, I share that story with you, not so that you'll never let me coach your children and, and softball, um, but because we have far greater information that we get to share with people. And we need to make sure that we share this information in a spirit of gentleness. Because I really believe that gentleness makes learning possible. And so in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, when we're talking about pursuing holiness and putting on the wardrobe of Christ, one of the things we're putting on is supposed to be gentleness. So I have two questions for you today. Question number one, are you a gentle person? Do you clothe yourself in gentleness? And question number two, do you have people in your life that need to hear and learn about the good news of Jesus Christ? Now, we're going to be looking at gentleness and how this actually can help people learn about Christ. And we're going to do it first by turning to 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles with you and you want to follow along, go to 2 Timothy. It's going to be chapter 2, verses 23 to 26, and it'll be up on the screen if you want to follow along there as well. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. Paul writes, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Now those who oppose him, he must gently instruct and hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Now, what I think is awesome here is halfway down in the middle, it says that we must gently instruct. Now, now why? Why? Well, because here's the hope. That through our gentle instruction about a merciful and forgiving Savior Jesus, people will then repent. And what's great about it is right now, these people don't even know what the word repentance means, right? It means to ask for forgiveness and then to turn away from their sin. That's, that's the goal. And then when they do that, they gain the knowledge of truth. And then they come to their senses. I love, that, I love that line. They come to their senses. And they escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. All that through gentle teaching. Now, let's go to this next slide here because sometimes it's hard to see, I know. But I think you can make it out. You see, we look at people, and when we look at people, we see their sin because it's easy to see their sin. But what if we looked at people and we saw this image of a person chained up? And we started looking at people as being held captive by Satan through their sin to do his bidding. Would that help us to be more gentle to people when we talk to them about Jesus? Now as you think about that, let's turn to the book of John, 
chapter 8, verses 11 through 3. Actually, this through 3 through 11. This is my favorite scripture. And it's a great illustration of how Jesus put on gentleness. It's John chapter 8, and it's 3 through 11. It says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, and they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Now let's stop here for a minute. You see this picture? You have this woman who is caught in the trap of adultery. And you have these men who are being used by Satan in an attempt to discredit Jesus. And they're actually trying to catch Jesus in a trap. So how Jesus responds to this situation is key, right? I mean, he could pick up stones and he could start throwing them at the woman. He could pick up stones and start throwing them at the men. But instead, he responds in gentleness. It says, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who had heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with a woman still standing there. So Jesus straightened up and he asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So you see how that works? Jesus comes in with this gentle teaching, and what happens? These men, this woman, they come to their senses. They know the truth. They repent, and they are set free from the captivity in Satan. Now, some of you are thinking, well, Pastor Chris, Jesus wasn't always gentle, right? That's true. Let's look at a time when he wasn't gentle. Turn to John, and this is John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. This is kind of a non-gentle Jesus. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and in the temple courts he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. Now let's stop here for a minute. What's going on here? Well, the people are there to celebrate the Passover, but these salesmen know that they need their goods. They need their money exchanged. So instead of helping them, they're taking advantage of them. They're cheating them. They're hurting them. It's kind of the equivalent of going to a refugee camp and selling water bottles for 50 bucks a pop, right? It's wrong. And Jesus knew it was wrong. And he saw his sheep being hurt. So what does Jesus do? He makes a whip out of cords. And he drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. 
To those who sold doves, he said, get out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? You see, sometimes our gentle shepherd has to protect us and has to drive away the predators. But we don't have to do that very often. Our focus is on being gentle. So let's take this to the next steps. I asked you two questions. The first one was, are you a gentle person? And the second one is, do you know someone in your life that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? Now here's the good news. Gentleness is the fruit of the Spirit. So when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit helps you to be gentle. So who in your life do you need to be gentle to? Who in your life needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? You see, sometimes we're not gentle when it comes to this. We're more like this woman. You might have heard this story before. This woman whose children went to one of those school fairs. You ever been to one of those school fairs where they give away as a prize a goldfish? And it comes in like those little like sandwich bags with water. So you see the water and the goldfish. And the kids are totally stoked, right? And they like bring them home and the parents are like, yay, what am I going to do with this? And this one woman had kids, four kids, so they brought home four goldfish. And she's like, yay, four goldfish. Now what am I going to do? So she goes to the fish store and these aquariums are expensive, right? She's like, I'm not buying a new aquarium for four goldfish. So she sees this like kind of cruddy, broken down aquarium in the corner and says, how much for the broken one, the dirty one? The guy goes, two bucks. So she gets that aquarium, she takes it home, she washes it all up, makes it look good, puts water in it, puts in the goldfish, and she is mother of the year until tomorrow, the next day, when goldfish number one dies. Then the next day, goldfish number two eats it. Then the next day, goldfish number three, and then guess what happens on day four? Yeah, there's no miracle recovery. They're all out. So she's like, what? So she goes to a friend of hers, and she's telling the story, and this friend knows about fish, and the friend says, now, how did you clean the aquarium? And she goes, well, it was soap. And he goes, soap is bad for fish. Soap kills fish. And folks, that's what we do sometimes. See, we get frustrated because we see people who are sinning, and we just want to fix them. And so we run up, and we, we, we try to make them stop sinning and we condemn them and we get in and we just we just do a horrible job at helping and instead of cleaning up we kind of kill them we kind of kill them and what we need to do is not do that we need to be gentle let's go to the next slide this is a great verse this is a great verse matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest now, folks, I don't know how much of the news that you read, but I read the news all the time. And if you pay attention to what's going on in the world, you know that the majority of this world is weary and burdened for a lot of different reasons. But one of the big ones is they're weary and burdened because they don't know Jesus Christ. And he says, take my yoke upon you, and I love this, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many people in the world today know that there's a gentle shepherd, Jesus, who came and died on the cross to pay the price for their sins, so that if they ask forgiveness, 
God will forgive them. They'll know the truth. They'll come to their senses and they'll be set free from the traps of Satan. Not a whole lot of people. But here's the thing. This is how Jesus taught us. So if Jesus is going to teach us through gentleness, then folks, we need to teach others through gentleness because gentleness makes learning possible. So I want to spend some time this day and tonight, I want you to spend some time later this week just praying for God to bring these people into your mind, these people that you get to teach, not about softball, but about something really important about Jesus. And ask him to help you to have that opportunity to teach and to be gentle while you're doing it. Let's pray.